Welcome to the Black Girls Tech Summit podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Girls Talk London, Vanessa Sanyauke. In the lead up to our virtual 2020 Black Girls Tech Summit, taking place on the 24th to the 25th of November, we are interviewing three of our speakers to give you an insight into what to expect at this year's summit. If you haven't already, please sign up for tickets, which are free by searching Black Girls Tech Summit on hopin.com or click the link in the description. Please make sure to follow us across all our socials on at Girls Talk London. On this episode, I am joined by Maureen Oluwole, who is the Global Head of Luxury at Facebook and Instagram, and she is our keynote speaker on the 24th of November. I'll kick off with the first question, and I'd just like to know, why did you agree to be our keynote speaker? What made you say yes to being a part of Black Girls Tech Summit? Well, if I look at my experience, and if I think about my experience starting off um, working in the tech industry and remembering looking around me and seeing no one who looked like me, I understand what it can feel like to feel as though one is alone, that you don't necessarily have a guidance or insight from someone who has lived the same experiences as you uh, to help support your own um, uh, understanding of what are the skill sets and the actions to take to, to build a career in tech. And so I think that it's a, it's a important and it's my responsibility to give back, given that I've, I've learned a lot of things, even made mistakes along the way as I've built my career in tech. It's important for me to, to share this insight and to be able to support uh, young Black women who are also figuring out their own career trajectory as well. Brilliant. And, you know, what um, is a typical working day like for you? Wow, there is absolutely no typical working day. Well, even before the pandemic, because yeah. you can say pre and post uh, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even pre and post pandemic, there is a pre pandemic, a typical working day. There isn't one. I could be on a plane to, 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 to Hong Kong, to Japan, or, or to, to, to Italy to go meet with a client. Um, it's, uh, it was a very, very active business. So I, I work leading the partnerships for luxury partners at Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's a very, very dynamic role. Uh, one day I could be working on ad tech implementations. The next day I could be meeting with engineers on innovations that we have in place and also meeting with our partners on how to develop a, a concrete uh, 360 business plan. So there's absolutely no typical day, um, even pre and post pandemic. Yeah. What I will say is that following these, uh, this current uh, the situation in which we're living, what's been important is, especially given that I'm working from home and will be at least for the foreseeable future, it's been important to figure out how to recreate the sense of equilibrium between the work and personal life and literally work and personal space. Because my workspace is my dining room table and my life space is the rest of my home. Yeah. Um, and so what I've done, I've done a number of things to try to control, especially from an agenda point of view and create spaces to reflect. In the morning, I don't have meetings between nine and 10 because I really need this time to be able to reflect on the projects and, and work on projects that I have in, in place. Taking time for a proper lunch break from uh, 12.30 to 2 p.m. I really create this space and not accepting meetings after 7 p.m. And given that I work in a global role, this may be a bit complicated, but I think it's important to keep these guidelines in place to create a sense of normalcy in a very much um, atypic experience in which we're living. That's really interesting because I was going to sort of ask you how you unwind, but I think one thing that you've, you've said that really stands out is you've got a global role, um, 
very senior, but you're still able to have these um, boundaries. I think that's just really inspiring, especially in today's world, because now with the pandemic and sort of what the future of work may look like, we're even more accessible. So I think it's really great that you've been able to, to do that. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's also a question of the impact that you have when you're working. So yeah. when you're working, I'm 100% focused on what I'm doing. I, at least I try, I try to be to make sure I can have as much impact as possible. And in a pre-pandemic world, it also helps to plan in advance. But knowing that in this current pandemic world, it can be tough to, to plan in advance as things can change from one day to the next. Um, it's a matter of making sure that I'm laser focused on the priorities. What are the projects that I'm working on and what am I not going to focus on to make sure that uh, those priorities are very clear um, because in, in this day and time it's important to be able to have at least semblance of a plan in place which help guides uh, guide my day-to-day -day work Brilliant. and I guess um, what I wanted to also ask you finally was what attracted you to work in tech and actually at Facebook as well well I've had a very non-traditional journey in my career and when I say non-traditional, um, if I had followed the path that I thought I would, I would have, I should be a doctor today. Same. Um, because, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I went into, I went into university. I was at Stanford University, and I went into university convinced I was absolutely going to be a doctor. I was going to be OBGYN. Um, went through the courses, uh, the chemistry, the physics, the biology, and even started interning in an, at a hospital. And I remember there was a point in time I was coming, driving home after an overnight shift in the ER that I just absolutely, I don't, I don't know, I had an epiphany, I don't know how else to describe it, that this was not the path that was destined for me and that it was more so the, um, I was reaching a, a kind of a cultural obligation in terms of what success looks like. And um, it was at this point that um, I had to figure out that if this wasn't the path for me, what would be the path for me and how to make that work. And it wasn't, it wasn't immediately that I knew that I would want to work in tech. I really had a number of serendipitous opportunities, but that I was able to recognize as such and actually took advantage of them. So following this epiphany, I um, started a master's program in, um, in sociology at Stanford. And it was at the very moment that I started this program, one of my colleagues who also is a, is a black individual, so is a black male, and he was one of my friends from Stanford. He said, hey, Facebook is hiring. Do you want to join? Uh, do you want to think about this? And I said, great, sure, why not? Submitted my resume, had an interview a couple of, uh, about three, four days later, and got the call that I got the job on my way home from the interview. And so this was an opportunity that, you know, back then Facebook was a tiny company, not a hundred plus people and not this, uh, not a global household name that it could be today. And so, but I knew that there was something happening. I was in the middle of Silicon Valley. I was in California, Silicon Valley. I knew that there was something happening. There was a wave two of the, of the Silicon Valley rush, if you will, following the first wave in the, in the, in the early 2000s. And that's, there was something happening here and it was important to be a part of it, um, even though I didn't know what the end result would look like. And so I would say that um, in terms of my role at Facebook, what has been important, I've had many roles at Facebook, first of all, and what I've been able to do is identify what are the different opportunities that are aligned with the strategic priorities of the company and work as best as possible to place myself in the front line of those priorities. Because I do believe that when the work that you do is aligned with the priorities of the company, that's what's really going to create a boost for you to 
um, evolve and to succeed in your career. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and finally, we're just going to end with just a fun um, round of questions. Uh, the first one is, what is your favorite song of the moment? Uh, so I will say my favorite musical trend at the moment, and then I'll go to the song. Yeah. Uh, musical trend is absolutely Afrobeats. And I think yeah. that we shouldn't even call it Afrobeats because <laughs> it's just music that people love. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at um, the, the artists that are really making a hit with Afrobeats, um, Burna Boy, of course, uh, and then and the new song with, uh, I think it's called Nobody. And there's a new artist I like really well, Oxlade, um, who has a new song called Away. And so these are folks that are really changing and shaping the, the way that we listen to and enjoy music yeah, for the future. Okay, great. We're going to add them uh, two songs to our official um, Spotify playlist we've got. Um, what was the last podcast that you listened to? Um, I last listened to a podcast, uh, so I read uh, the business of fashion um, uh, very often. And the last podcast I listened to was um, about the about the, the, the fashion luxury industry, um, and notably how um, brands are going to need to adopt, uh, adapt, excuse me, when it comes to digitalization of their physical experiences. And so it's really interesting to see how Today, no one really know, knows what's going to happen in the future, what our physical daily lives are going to look like. And so I think that a lot of folks are thinking about, okay, what does it mean to adapt when you're looking at a brand that's 100 plus years old, but needs to adapt to this new world where that's going to be really heavily supported by technology. And what was the last book you read? Oh, the last book I read. Well, it's... Um, there's reading and then there's, um, there's listening because um, I like to, especially because I work from home, I like to, um, to take walks in the evenings to just kind of clear my head and disconnect from the day. And so the last book uh, that I'm listening to is um, a book written by W.E.B. Dubois, mm -hmm. who is um, uh, a critical black author that I think uh, many folks know and it's called The Souls of Black Folk and I think it's an important and relevant even over a hundred years later important and relevant book as to how our society has changed or in many cases has not changed when it comes to the paths that are created for the black community to succeed. And so reading, that, listening to that now, because I listened to it on Audible, and seeing what existed 100 years ago versus what existed now, and the fact that a lot of these societal um, blockers are still in place, is both, in some cases, depressing, fascinating, and just showcases that we need to absolutely have a permanent solution for this. Thanks for sharing that. And finally, what is your favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote is by Mark Twain. Um, and it's a quote that I discovered just kind of over the years is that um, they didn't know it was impossible, so they did it. And I think that it's a quote that showcases the fact that um, as we think about our goals in life, personal and professional, because personal aspect is really important as well. Um, the fact that we set, not set enough limits for ourselves is really important because if we don't think an idea that an idea is impossible, we're going to say it's possible in our mind and we're going to do what it takes to achieve it. And so it's a quote that really motivates me as I think about my personal life evolution. I think about my professional evolution as well. 
That's really good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thanks so much for being a great guest on this podcast. And we're just excited to um, have you as uh, one of our keynote speakers for the Black Girls Tech Summit. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm.